0: Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, Von DiCarlo. Von DiCarlo has been featured comedian on True TV's Laugh Mob, Laugh Tracks. She is the executive producer of the official Patrice O'Neill documentary, Killing is Easy, with partners Comedy Central, All Things Comedy, and director Michael Bonfiglio. Her comedy mixtape, A Draggable Offense, is available on all major platforms, and can be heard on the She's So Funny and Laugh Out Loud radio stations on Sirius XM. Ginny Saldana. Ginny is a writer, actress, and stand-up comedian and a breast cancer rock star. She's advocated for me. She wrote, produced, and starred in Happy Cancer Chick, a web series inspired by her own battle with breast cancer. Her video series, The Little Brown Girl Show, can be found on YouTube and Facebook Live. Dean Edwards. Yeah, he's back. It's been a long time, Dean. He's most notably recognized for his two-year tenure as a cast member of NBC's Saturday Night Live. Edwards is also known for his multitude of remarkable celebrity impressions that include Denzel Washington, Dave Chappelle, Jay-Z, Monique, Chris Rock, 50 Cent, and Eddie Murphy. Recently, Dean showcased his amazing talents in His first comedy special, I cannot believe it's his first, but it is his first comedy special, Netflix's Tiffany Haddish Presents, They Ready, season two. I wanna thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. That's important. Subscribe. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast, and our Twitter is friendslikeustin. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or a donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friends us merch is available with the new logo we have t-shirts hoodies coffee mugs and face masks they're all available for purchase get yours today go to marinafranklin.com so you can represent your favorite podcast. I don't know why I did that voice, sorry. And weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant every Saturday. We offer free stuff like tickets to my next virtual comedy show on Thursday, March 18th, featuring Garwell and Eric Bronstein. Want more information of the show? Go to MarinaFranklin.com and get your tickets. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Most important, tell someone you know to check us out and wash those dirty little hands. Wear your mask and Black Lives Matter. And welcome to Friends Like Us. I have Ginny Saldana, Von DiCarlo, and Dean Edwards. Yeah. How you guys doing? Hey, Marina. Hi. Hi. We were just talking about our cable and spectrum and the bullshit with uh, dealing with this pandemic. Actually, for the top of the show, I, I well, first I want to say I miss all of you a great deal. The three of you here, I, I like. I miss you so much. I miss the, being in the clubs, being able to hug you. I've been able to communicate with the three of you the most. So you know. It's good. Like I see Dean all the time, like on my Instagram, and I see your interviews. And then I saw you in They Ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those and you were people.
0: awesome. You Thank were incredible.
1: You, Thank you. Thank you. I, I was just...
0: so happy. I was happy for everyone, but I, I I find that incredible the way Tiffany gives back. I think that's just so incredible the way, you know, because everyone was you know, in the beginning, you know, people be hating and stuff. They'd be like, yeah. oh, they've, they've been ready. But then when you see it, you're like, yeah,
1: they yeah. are. That's yeah. right. Yeah, man. Tiffany, I think, um, I think is impressive. Number one, because she's only in the, in the terms of someone getting on, right. She's only been on like where, where she really started popping in 2017. And, two years later she did season one with with flame and april and ida and tracy ashley and and uh and shantae wayans and and uh marlo you know she gave six comics an opportunity and then less than two years later she did it again and 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 you know i think she's really sort of setting a setting a, a trend in a pace Hopefully i i hope that it continues and, and makes other people, not just in comedy, but just in the realm of entertainment, um, you know, reach back and hold the door open to invite some more people through to have such an amazing opportunity because she called me August, uh, 2020 and we were shooting in, um, we were shooting in October. So it was only about six weeks to prepare. And I only had about four weeks of uh stage time, but I think, the the six comics that she chose during this pandemic with myself and godfrey and and aaron jackson kimberly clark and barbara carlisle and of course Tony woods go go tony woods you know i think she leaned on people she knew could come through um during a pandemic to knock it out the park and i think we all did and i'm 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 honestly i'm still floating over seeing my face on a billboard in Times Square, you know, and this is and doing Ellen. And it's just, you know, she keeps is, is the gift that keeps giving in, in such a short span of time. So I'm, I'm still excited.
0: I think that trend that you said is such an important thing when you agree, Jenny Vaughn, because a lot of times we know people, we see them making it and then we're like, <laughs> 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 like. Hello.
1: Yeah, you know, I wish people could see your face because that's the face I think everybody makes when you see, especially someone that, that you're, and we all have someone we know, a couple of people that we know that get on and, and you're happy and they are proud and excited for them. And then they're like, hey, woo, woo. remember, Remember right. me? Remember you used to sleep on my couch?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it's it, it's really like a sign of character, I find. I agree, I agree. And that's the thing about Tiffany. I think I re- recall her even talking about this before doing They Ready. She was She was addressing a comic who was a headliner, who was a major star, mm. who hadn't reached back, in her opinion, enough to women in comedy. Mm. I'm not going to say who it was, mm. but I remember Tiffany saying that, and I'm so glad she's doing this. Yeah. She followed up with even saying it, because, yeah, you're like, you don't want to look like the person who's like, "Hey, um,
2: help."
1: Right, right.
2: I think it takes a woman too uh, to have that level of empathy and awareness, and just a spiritual understanding of not just the giving back sense of it, but with great responsibility. Right. You, mm-hmm. you, you are you. As for me, as a woman, and I look at things the exact same way. It's like how how can God put so much blessings on my life and I don't look around to see who else needs blessings. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said, that speaks to her character, who she is as a person, who she is as a spirit. And one of my favorite parts about the whole "They ready series was the interviews at the end mm-hmm. when she asked everybody on the show, who would they Uh, bring up into whatever. And, you know, Dean, you don't mention Harris and, and I was happy when Godfrey mentioned Marina and everybody just kind of went around and, and spoke on other comics. And I I just think that that's, that is dope.
1: Yeah. And, And as, as the only male on this panel, I will say that I don't think it's gender specific. I, I, I see your point, but I think anything i've ever done um you know speaking individually any opportunity i've ever had whether it was you know booking snl and and stomping to make sure that we had a black writer who should have been ian edwards but that's a that's a that's a story for another time but i actually was stomping to get Ian a job and then was uh was was bumped by senior cast who brought in their own uh, a a different writer, but was a, a right a black writer, and since then there's been there's been black writers on the show. So I'm not taking credit because I know there were black people that had written on the show in the past. But th- to me, the the gift of life is to give and to give without end, right? And so each time you receive a blessing. If you hold on to it, you're blocking more blessings. So it makes sense to to share and give more of yourself because the the blessings continue to to flood through you. And and I think Tiffany's done that. I think um I think all of us in in our ways we we continue to hold each other up, even if it's something as simple as a call. Whether it's calling somebody, you know, supporting someone in their hour of need, it doesn't have to be. Of course, we we all want something bigger, you know. And and I don't think any of us. Uh, go into it expecting anything we don't expect someone but looking at the three of y'all on this panel i know anything i get y'all are people i keep considering i think you do the same because i because you surround yourself with like-minded and like-spirited people
2: well let me clarify because when i said it takes a well, i did start out with that so i could see how that could be mis- right. it is woman's month I, it right. is sure. uh, happy. Woman's mind. Right, right, right. Um, it's been my experience that, uh, well, let me just say this. Let me, let me take it back again to, I started with, it takes a woman to have that level of empathy, just the way she moves. Yeah. It, she, she has a very caring spirit. So I wasn't speaking just specifically to the things that she has done in pulling people in, right. you know, we, absolutely have experiences uh, all of us have done our level of what we can do for the people that we believe in in our circle so i wasn't saying that oh because she's a woman she she's not the first to do this but she right. is doing it on a very high level and in a okay. in a particular way that we haven't seen people do or be able to even do so it's it's being Highlighted for a reason, and I'm not saying that that's just because she's a woman. Um, There's many different levels to it, and I don't I don't know the specifics of it, but from what I heard, in order for her to even do these things, she took pay cuts so that the comic their specials and paid and and i've had my experiences um and i'm sure we'll get to those stories later but there were things done where you know people took pay cuts so that people could be on but tiffany's doing it on a level that is is very unique i think
1: yeah and, and just to to add to what you're saying yeah she specifically um number one is women's history month she empowered a lot of women behind the scenes. You know, Paige Hurwitz, who is uh, Wanda Sykes' production partner at at, uh, Push It Productions, um, not only produced, but also directed or co-directed a special with another woman. I believe the editor is also a woman. So it's empowering women, but also, like you said, she, from what I understand, Netflix offered her a deal for her own special, and she cut that in half and said you know, give me this for my special. I want, I want, I would like to produce specials for my friends, people that I think are, are ready. And so, and people aren't, people aren't doing that. You know, and, that, and then when I found before, a year before, when, when, when I was talking to uh, to Paige because we're friends um, and Paige, I just was saluting the success of season one. Not, not knowing or having any idea I was going to be part of season two. And I, I remember saying, I was like, yo, Y'all did a great job. And Paige explained to me what Tiffany Haddish did as far as saying, you know what? I'm making enough. Take half of what I'm what you're what they're offering me and and give this opportunity. To to six other uh, comics and 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 make make them executive producers. You know nobody's doing that. You know on on like you said on that level on on the type of platform the worldwide platform that Netflix is, and and it just it engenders you know a, you know good spirit good energy loyalty you know and 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 hopefully opens some eyes and lessons um, that people sometimes forget.
0: And Black Joy.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, lot, you know, during
0: joy. this, yeah, a lot of black joy because, you know, I, you know, I know she had April Macy on the first one, but I have to say that it is nice to see it all black show right now, yeah. you know, because I think yeah. we need to see, you know, us represented coming up, doing funny things and having yeah. joy.
1: Yeah. Love it. Do, do. Do you all... And I say this because someone had I don't I don't get into my comments or social media often, but Ooh. my wife actually pointed out, um, you know, week one we were maybe three days after we premiered on February second, and and everyone I think across the board is so happy because like the the general consensus has been, man, it's just nice to see good talented individuals get opportunities, and, and so that's been like in all of my comments. Oh man, I'm so happy. I'm I'm so proud. I'm so, you know, and there was one individual and I wouldn't have known it except that my wife pointed it out. She said said, "Do you know such and such?" I said, "I don't know who. I don't know who I know on on Facebook or Instagram." And she's like, "So, I read the comment and it says something to the effect of uh yeah, um an all 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 black uh cast for a show. Um let's uh see, let's see how this goes. It, I I think we all know this would be different if it was announced it was an all-white cast. And then of course the <laughs> the flood go, floodgates opened, a lot of people jumped in. And uh and I I normally wouldn't respond, but I about a week and a half later, because it said, Where's the lie? Call me a liar if if this isn't true. And then someone screenshot the um the blue collar comedy tour and put an image of of you know the four redneck uh comedy tour and said liar and then you know and and there was, there was this this false equivalency um because and then I actually interjected i said, you know what um because I leave with love right and I said, you know what uh i i'm I don't know if you're familiar with the show or not, but if you watch season one you would see that, uh, April Macy is not black and season one was, was successful and nominated for an Emmy. Um, and that was it. I I wasn't going to get into a back and forth with dude. I don't know if he's responded, but do you think if you weren't black that you would take issue with, uh, with it being an all black cast during season two?
0: it's hard to think in their shoes as white people.
1: Okay. <laughs> that's
0: but not- I mean, I mean, I just, I mean, it's actually, no, let me take that back. No, we're always seeing what they feel. Right. And what their life's about. So right. I think they take umbrage and I love that word.
1: I was going to say that's a good word.
0: Oh, and I rarely use words correctly. But I think they take umbrage with anything that we're doing to come up right now because they see themselves as losing out on something. I mean the capital, the response at the Mm capital is a result of white men feeling like they're losing something.
1: Right.
0: Right. Well I So yeah, I mean they yeah. I, I think
3: first of all, the show wasn't billed as an all black cast. Right. It wasn't like that. And like you said, season one had um April it had a Latina and Afro Latina, but still a Latina, you know. And um, you know, I, I don't think that it, it wasn't built as an all black show. So I would never take it. I would never be like, "Oh my god, it's an all black show." But like, "Hello, Friends" is an all white show, <laughs> you know. Like there are all these all white. So I can't. And you're absolutely right, Marina. It is uh, white men feeling like they're losing something. I saw joy Reed made such a great comment the other day and she said, you know They'd give back all the policy stuff if they could just say the n-word again <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, If they could just say the n-word again, they would give back all the policies And That's if they funny. could just go back to like all the social You know take away all the social rights that we that the black that brown and black people have and they could just go around calling people you know, N words and whatever, then they would, they would do everything else. So right. it, it, it is a, a sense of desperation, a sense of, of, um, yeah, loss and fear of, of losing power. And that's all it is. But I mean, that guy's just, he's just a troll. Yeah. And it's just
0: one person. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly. the thing. We, we, we have to keep uh, Yamanika said this a long time ago, you know, I love Yamanika. Sometimes it takes her a while to get to the point, but still I love her. (laughs) Um, But she did say this a while back about, we need to stop giving any light to those who are in the minority of saying just negative shit. Yeah. Like, and they really are. I mean, you know, obviously 74, I think million people still voted for Trump. Was it 74 million? 74
3: million Seventy four
0: million, 18 percent of black men voted for Trump. So, I mean, we do have to focus on that number, but overall, the ones that went to the Capitol and the ones that like, you know, decide in the middle of black joy to leave a negative comment, we need to stop shining light on them. We need to just ignore them.
2: I I've been trolled viciously for years. And one of the things that I I learned along the way is that negativity does ring very loudly and you can have a hundred good comments. And then that one will send you into a spiral for days, weeks, months, years, whatever. And the, the thing is you, you have to come to terms with these, the internet and people on social media that they have this, new power in in their twitter fingers to be able to just say anything and a lot of times people that are saying these things with confidence as if it's facts they don't know what they're talking about they don't know the insides to anything they just have an immediate opinion that's not even well researched or well thought out it was just a knee-jerk reaction to whatever they wanted to say in the moment and then they just say it with the power of their social media and then if you actually look at it this person doesn't have a picture up it's a cartoon it's an egg don't even have enough confidence within your words and your Twitter fingers and whatever you're trying to say to use your real name and picture. So for me at this point, I'm just like, what What I'm not going to do is have a conversation with someone who's not even slightly capable of doing what I've done or what I'm doing. So you go and have your opinion i'm glad i gave you something new to talk about right right. i love right.
0: i love that you said that because rich voss has some of the funniest replies on twitter to trolls like specifically with the patrice o'neill doc like someone wrote something and he was like i'd like to s- i would like to respond i can't believe you only have one follower
1: <laughs>
0: and it was just so quick and short <laughs> sure and out I can't believe you have only one. It was just so (laughs) boom. And then another one, he was like, I like, what have you done for society? Was another one. He said, what have you done for society lately? I'd like to know.
2: Yeah. People actually create accounts, burner accounts, fake accounts, whatever they're called, just to say negative stuff and put whatever opinion based on whatever out there. And what what they don't know spiritually is they're just really drawing that negative those negative energies to themselves. You go ahead and use the words to try to put a spell on me and what I'm doing and all of that. But it's really you're really just doing that to yourself. Now mind you, I'm a very sensitive and emotional person. So it I go anyone who knows me, if you talk to me on Monday, I'm I'm Solange in the elevator ready to beat the shit (laughs) out of you. But I go through my emotions. I vent it out personally to people that I trust in my circle, my friends, my family. And then by Thursday I'm Beyonce and I'm like, hello, your, your comments don't bother me. So you, you, you'd be lying if it said it didn't affect you in some kind of way, but you'd be an absolute fool if you let it stay in your soul forever. I, I had a
3: troll who, um, at first, I would engage with him because I just didn't, I'd never had that before. So he would <laughs> tell me. So I'm just like, what's wrong? What did I do? Like, what did I do? And he's like, you're just a hypocrite, Jenny, and you're just this, and, and you hate America. And I'm like, oh my God, do I know you?
0: Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> I'm you like, like do I really know were like, you?
3: Because he wasn't he, he said he was a comic in LA. I said, have we met? Did I meet you at the store? Like, where were you? Like, so and he's funny. like, No, you know we haven't met. I was like, then why do you talk about me? Like <laughs> And then after a while, he goes, Just block me. I was like, That's stupid. Why would I block you? I don't even know you. <laughs> like, I was like, Why are you why are you taking time to talk? Like, and then after a while, and then I got like, I was like, Look, I won't block you because then you won't have anything to masturbate to. And then I <laughs>
2: There are so many people on social media, even if it's not an individual, like not attack at an individual, let's just say a subject matter. There are so many like clickbait headlines out there on social media and people start full conversations and arguments over the headline. But if you actually click the link and read the headline, you'll see that that headline really was just some trickery clickbait. Right. Get you into an article that people never read and now you're having an argument and an opinion about something that you never even read and if you read it you will go oh they they already addressed this issue that i'm i'm screaming about so people are lazy they people look for drama people love to talk and people love to sound intelligent like they know what they're talking about when they don't i mean you clubhouse i don't know if you guys are on clubhouse i mean there are so many i know Vaughn. you tried clubhouse.
0: to get me on it and i still I have love yet to it. go
2: listen when i first when i first went on a on clubhouse quarantine in-house alone i loved it it felt like in in some kind of weird way i was back in a club you know talking to people hanging out late at night i have spent the night on clubhouse and then after a while i was like wait a minute these conversations are redundant people are acting like something that they're not they talk shit and then about certain people and then as soon as that person's in the room everybody code switches it up and i'm just sitting there like oh now i'm really in a club and i'm going home i don't i don't even want to talk to you anymore are you done with it no you know what i do Two things that I'm doing. One is the most loneliest shit you ever heard in your life, which is I go into these silent rooms now. They have clubhouse silent rooms, which is really weird. It's like 400 people in a room and nobody's talking. The the objective of the room is you just silently go through everyone's bio, find your tribe, see who you really want to connect with, and then connect with that person. But the room is just for that, no talking. For my lonely ass, I just... I just I want company, but I don't want I want to hear everybody's mess. Sometimes so I just I just I go into the room and I just sit in silence, knowing that there's like just people there. See what I don't like about about clubhouses, like some of what you
3: said. It's like I I go into a room and people are talking, and I'm like, how do I know you are who you are, and who do you like? And they're talking all this stuff, and they're they're like, yeah, let's connect, let's connect. Then you try to send them a message, and you don't connect. And I just. It's like, you know what? I, I like social media so I can scroll and be mindless. Like Clubhouse, I have to pay attention to.
2: I can't go pee. Well, the other thing that I'm doing uh, is I'm going into rooms where I'm not going to be pulled on stage to talk. Yeah. I just listen like it's a podcast or a radio, you know, thing. So uh, one of my favorites is the uh, Legends Lounge. Love the legends line. It's always like old school hip hop dudes in there telling old school, you know, uh hip-hop stories. Uh and last night it's on Sunday nights, I go in there. Uh DJ Scratch was in there and he did the most recent verses with D'Angelo. And I don't know if you saw it, but you have to be a person of a certain age to really appreciate that opening set he did with with those songs i mean i if i ever get married i'm gonna need him to dj my wedding he's absolutely phenomenal and he was just telling like a behind the scenes story of things that was happening at verses and and all of it so it was a really good listen so i think i'm just finding my way in clubhouse that way where it's like okay there are some good rooms you don't have to delete the app and if you lonely go into a a quiet room (laughs) I'm
0: like, oh, that is hilarious because the quiet you have the quiet car on the train but i never thought on the internet
2: um <laughs> it's the weirdest thing but it's so funny to me mean. feel less lonely I, I would just
0: be scrolling through instagram same
3: thing instead of my people there
1: <laughs> but isn't that what all of the, the you know all, all of social media really is there to to i wouldn't say fill a void but just to keep you less lonely, like how many times have you, back when we were allowed to go out, and we if we're all hanging out in the club and you see someone's not uh, engaged or part of the conversation, they pull their phone out and just and their thumb just starts swiping, and you know I'm the type that that I would say put your phone away. You you're not, you're looking for no one. The love that you're searching for is not there. To you know, it's like double dutch. Try to get in the conversation if you're present. Understandably, we're we're in the midst of uh, still in the midst of quarantine and the pandemic. So you know, it's fine to to lean on uh, the 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 apps. It's funny because you both are on uh, Clubhouse. I think Marina and I both are reluctantly like "Eh," like. And people keep trying. People keep trying. People ah, you gotta. I don't
2: love it. Yeah, I I loved it. it. Then I hated it. And now I'm just like, "Mm, it's there sometimes, you know?
0: Well, if I could switch gears for a second, because I, 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 well, I love the clubhouse conversation. I don't love the clubhouse. me. But I do want to, I want to get to the Patrice O'Neill documentary, because it's so important. And you brought up such a great point, Dean, about the billboard, which I will read this and then Vaughn, I want you to take me through that about the billboard with Patrice O'Neill. Um, comedy Central's new documentary, Patrice O'Neill, Killing Easy, debuted Friday, February 19th. It chronicles the raucous life and sudden death of O'Neill, the comedian who was on the verge of an overdue breakthrough when he died at age 41. All Things Comedy, the production company that Bill Burko founded with fellow comedian Al Madrigal in 2012, produced the documentary with Vaughn DiCarlo. Congratulations, Vaughn. O'Neill's fiancé and herself a comedian. She says it was critical to her to capture a complete picture of the man she knew and loved. My entire goal was to humanize Patrice. DiCarlo says rather than make a film in which other people pontificate about how funny he was, she wanted her late, late partner to narrate his own story through his onstage material and various interviews with occasional input from those who knew him. So take me through that, Vaughn, the billboard, and then... Yeah, I agree. That I want to say congratulations. Thank Thank yeah, congr- I sent
3: you. you a text. I don't know if you saw it, but I thought, I did. I responded to it. No, I just
2: thought you were busy. <laughs> you did. Oh, shit. She put, probably you didn't push you send. You never
1: clicked send, Vaughn.
2: Look, I, That's what it, happened. It has, the past couple of w- weeks have been a little overwhelming. I'm sorry. I figured. I'm, I'm not... Believe it, me, I did. I, did not, I don't I feel
3: fine. slighted. I knew that you had a lot going
2: on. My bad you, you I, I understand. And you know what? I apologize. No, but no, no. You had, guess. I
3: just, I thought it was wonderful. And I've known it's
2: making this about her.
3: Listen. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm I was about you because I sent you a message telling you that I know your, your blood, sweat and tears went into that. And I saw, I I've seen you, I've been with you when you've been talking about it and all the things that you've been going through and, and with this, and it's such a labor of love on your part. And I just, I'm so proud of you, Vaughn. I am so Thank proud you, of
1: too. you.
2: Thank you. I'm, yeah, next I'm just assistant. take a compliment. You know what? I I'm learning how to be better with that. Um I I I do um I tend to not do well with compliments. I have to be better at that. Thank you everybody. Thank all of you guys. Um the, it, it, as far as the what you just read off Marina, that's very accurate. I I mean, I I started the project in in 2015. And so it's been a long journey, a long road to get it done and get it done right. And I, it's very accurate. Um, I'm not sure which article you were reading that from, but the Boston Globe. Okay, the Boston Globe. Yeah, that was that was a fun, um, fun interview uh, when I talked to the Boston Globe. But that that was my intention. Like everyone, it, there's a lot of misunderstandings about patrice and as you guys all know because everyone here is a comedian who you are as a comedian on stage is pretty much informed by who you are as a person and there were so many things and so many elements of patrice's life where i just felt like you know my daughter actually said it better when she was 12 years old when she said mommy i have to speak at the funeral because everyone's going to talk about him as a comedian and how funny he is but You know, I want to let everybody know what a great daddy was, you know, and and that's that's pretty much the heart of it. Like I wanted to humanize Patrice in a way that, you know, comedy is going to tell its own story. But to really get people to understand who he is as a man uh, was what I set out to do to humanize him and. I, I met with a lot of different directors, production companies, the whole nine this this documentary has been has been through so many different phases over the past several years. and when I met the director Michael Bonfiglio, within the first five minutes of talking to him, uh, I knew that he was the man for the job one because he wasn't coming from a fanboy place you know what I mean and if you're overly obsessed with Patrice or the the group of comics that are around Patrice like the Bills and the Kevins and the, then you're you're not you're just gonna I know you're just gonna focus on comedy uh, he was coming from a lot of different places and not fanboying out. And that was very important to me. And, and I talked to him about humanizing Patrice and, and that process and, and how difficult and complex this whole thing would be. And Patrice himself is very complex, not just the project itself. And the other thing that I knew that he would be able to accomplish was the idea. I said, there's enough audio, stand-up, video, everything. Patrice has a lot of stuff out there. Is there a way to make the film feel like Patrice is narrating his own story and we're all just chiming in? Because every documentary that I've seen is pretty much Everyone is talking and then the subject might chime in here and there and there and there. Um, and I said, you know, the, the best way to get everybody out of their egos, get every this. No, it's not about anyone except Patrice. He can narrate his own story who can because I'm not a filmmaker. I just have ideas and these these thoughts and I want to humanize them. I want him to tell his own story, all of these things. But who can actually put that together? And when I met Michael Bonfiglio, I felt very confident and in his ability to do that
0: and then tell me about the billboard because we we know we're talking about dean you know he's <laughs> seeing it now in while he's alive he's able to look at himself in times square right dean yeah,
1: yeah how what yeah. was that
0: what was that like
1: um i listen i <laughs> you know native new yorker getting to to you know first seeing the um you know seeing people posted uh godfrey had a wonderful post where he just kept saying you did that tiffany you did that for us and and then seeing Kim, kimberly clark go to the three different billboards in la i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. so when 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 we went my wife and i went and we're looking for it and then to turn around I'm like oh it's right over to starbucks and then the anticipation of 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 waiting for because they're digital billboards now for the people that are listening that might not realize. Um so, you know, the particular building mine uh mine or ours is on is the Netflix billboard. So you're seeing the the tri- the poster for uh their Golden Globe at the time nominated now winning uh uh Sh- trial of the Chicago seven and, and you're seeing all their new programming and then when that when that image of the poster of, of the six of us and Tiffany come up, you know, it's like, yo, we did with, we're there. We made it. And for me, and I hit, I hit Vaughn up the same, that same morning because I realized Patrice's um, billboard was a block North. Ours was on 43rd. His was on 44th. And knowing how, how important you know that's like i'm I'm still yes yeah. i was I was real happy to see you know my brother's picks up there because I know how important that was uh excuse me, how important it was for him to get that you know, and uh yeah it was yeah. it was it was a dope a dope moment and uh. And I apologize. You know, I, I wish I wish he was here to see it, but you know, in that moment it was just super proud, man. You know, and, and super proud of uh of Vaughn and and the team for for honoring his legacy. And 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 like she said, you know, it was it was great to to see see the human side because, you know, I can only imagine what, what Vaughn goes through and, and has to hear. Um, like you said, people fan fanboying it out, right? And and we all know, you know, you you hear the 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 legend, and you know you sort of sit around and hear people. You like, yeah, but y'all, y'all are just y'all are armchair. And you 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 became familiar because of YouTube, or you became familiar because of Obi and Anthony, and and the legend has become bigger. But just seeing seeing uh, you know. You and patrice and, and patrice with 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 a mill you know it was just it was a beautiful moment and and for me, you know knowing knowing his humanity and and knowing the type of dude he, he he was that you know you could talk to outside of comedy you know comedy was 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 second that that was the 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 conduit but but once you became friends with him, you got to you know really hear. His his thoughts and you know when I was going through my thing is as, as Vaughn knows with with uh my my SNL opportunity and things eventually didn't go the way um, we wanted it to you know he 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 did a lot you know as far as just being being a friend I didn't need an industry cat I needed somebody to just sit and and, and tell me yo this yo dude you know don't come from a place of desperation do you you're gonna shine and, and those are the things that that you carry with you long long uh long after uh you know whatever opportunities you had um diminished or or, or passed by and so you know I salute vaughn salute to to Burr and, and magical and all things comedy and comedy central because i know I know it was a labor labor of love you know and 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 I'm not tight that I wasn't in it you know what i mean <laughs> i'm 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 bringing it back you know to 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 some levity. Because like like Vaughn said, it wasn't it wasn't about any individual except for Patrice.
0: Yeah, that billboard means a lot. Like just seeing you, you know, that's why I wanted you to talk about it, because some people don't understand what that means and how it feels. And Vaughn, you had shared with me that that was the thing you went in with first. I need that billboard. Talk about that.
2: Yeah, when I like I said, I started the documentary project in twenty fifteen and I took it to Comedy Central around to twenty seventeen. And one of the first things I asked for prematurely was that Patrice have a billboard in Times Square. Now and I've I've told this story a few times and I always say they should have threw me out their office <laughs>
1: because
2: <laughs> who walks in the door and asks for a billboard right out the gate, right? that The project's not even, even anywhere near done. That's a marketing thing. That's like last legs. But they understood the context of where I was coming from because there were moments in Patrice's career where he wanted a billboard in Times Square. And... He was negotiating contracts for second seasons of stuff, and 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 they didn't want to pay him more. And there, you know, when you go through these contract negotiations with things, uh, you, there's some give or take. There's some you're gonna get this, you're not gonna get that. And then you you try to go, okay, he, Patrice was like, all right, well, if I'm gonna not get this, how about I get that? Let's market it the right way. I want a billboard in Times Square. You know, I see all these other. Shows getting all of these things uh, as far as marketing is concerned. And he was denied uh, that level of marketing and a billboard in Times Square. And he talked about it a lot. He that hurt him because he was like, look, they don't see my value. They they don't see my worth. You know, there's these ongoing conversations in our house about about value and worth. So when I. Patrice was denied uh, having a billboard in Times Square at different points in his career where he certainly was deserving of a billboard in Times Square and he was denied that and it hurt him and it, it made him feel like people didn't see his value and his worth so day one walking into Comedy Central with the project and asking for something uh, of that magnitude right out the gate w- seems silly uh, but f- in the context of Patrice and what it was would mean to him, they understood that. And I speak very highly of Comedy Central seeing this project all the way through, right to the very end and making sure everything was in place for this documentary project to be done and to be done well. And, and, you know, my voice at the table was, you know, n- never, I never lost, um, uh, the power of my voice at the table in kind of overseeing and making sure that the humanizing is happening and uh, from the big things in the project to the little things in the project. And you would think a billboard is a small thing, but as you can see with, with Dean's emotions behind his own and Patrice's, it is very significant to any comic, but for Patrice it, it, it would have meant the world a- and, and, for that to happen, I, I stay personally stay away from the "What would Patrice think and about this or what would he say about that?" Because that would be an ongoing twenty four seven ordeal for me. I've only let myself sit in that that moment two times. Once when my daughter, once when my daughter graduated high school. I wish to, that he was here to see her graduate high school and send her off to LA to start her pursuing her dreams in, in entertainment as an actress and model and all the things that he was encouraging her to be and have the confidence and the strength in herself to be because he knew the rejection that was coming ahead in life for her. And he he instilled a lot of strength and character in her as you can see in, in how poised and confident she is in the documentary. I mean, I take credit, too. I'm a good mother. But, you know, we're talking about Patrice right now. Um, and the other time was when I saw the billboard up there I, I and I went into Times Square and I was very happy and proud. And I, I do wish that he was here to see it. And and really know his value and his worth in this business.
0: I think you gave him a lot of value, Vaughn. I, I mean, I'm so I I called you right away and I told you how proud I was. Thank you. I mean, I'm I'm getting it, I'm having a
1: hard time. Well, let, because, let me let me let me also over Oh uh, man
0: you. Dean, why'd you start this, man? Now I'm not it's so hard because I, I I don't know how to stop prying once yeah. I start.
1: No, and, I don't and know why,
0: ugh. And then seeing a man cry makes me cry even more because I'm like, men don't cry. Well, don't say know. that. I know. I'm saying <laughs> it. But I'm
1: joking. But 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 I think it, it was it, you it, attack
0: me in my tears. <laughs> it,
1: it it was it's it's also it's the it's the I think for for all of us, right? You know, everything we do because because success is 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 measured by the individual and and success can be something as simple as just having a good set to following, you know, some amazing performer, you know, to, to, to winning when, when, you know, the chips are down and no one thought you would win and, you know, seeing, seeing yourself on a billboard in times square, uh, for, for especially for what we do, you know, it's one thing to be cast on a, on a, uh, TV show or film, and you're playing a role, but to to be yourself um, and see your image of you, not made up as a character, seeing your individual self, it, it it just it it's it's the culmination of you know years of hard work and years of sacrifice. um, It's the culmination of, of Von setting out to to um, you know create this this amazing uh documentary for someone we all loved is the culmination of of Barbara Carlisle 44 years in. You know, and so is is it's Godfrey being in, in New York City since the mid-90s and finally getting uh you know being able to see someplace that's walked past a million times and and probably thought to I can't speak from speaking for myself saying Damn! I know I'm good enough. I know I know I work hard. I you know I know I put in the necessary time, energy, effort, and consistency. So if not now, when? And it's it's you know I think that was was uh, where the emotion. The day I saw it, uh, the first time to even right now talking about it. It's it's uh, it's tears of joy um, because you know we all know uh what the average person probably doesn't know. we know how hard it is to achieve that to to get something um for someone to take a moment and acknowledge the hard work and so that's I think what what having Times square having a billboard up period but especially in Times square the the busiest place on the planet um that everyone has gone past you know I think that's that's what why it's so, more, so that much more magical.
0: And it's black.
1: And it's it's black. a black story. Yes. Yeah, and that's during the thing that during Black Month too. You during know?
0: you know, well, yeah, black, yeah, black. It should be all year, but you know, I mean, on the cusp of the Golden Globes having not one black, the
1: you Hollywood know, Foreign Press Association, ho- yeah, not, not, one, you one, know, yeah. not
0: one black person. Like when when a white person says to me, "Well, I wasn't a slave owner, uh, so why should I be held accountable?" And why should I be made to feel guilty? These tears that I have or this joy that I have about Patrice and about you, Dean, and about Tony Woods and and Godfrey and the they've ready. It's that this is what we're feeling now. We're not slaves. Right. But we feel we feel we know how hard it is to get there as black performers, as as people of color performing to get through i mean i i took a second to just look at the golden globes and i was so disgusted even though i liked a lot of the shows they were presenting it was just white it was just a repeat of everything it's like everything we're saying here on the podcast everything that i see on tv everything that they so call. they forget our pain so easily within a year after George Floyd, I can see white people tapping out of our pain and our struggle. I see white people talking about how their kids don't want to hear about racism every day. And I'm like, we don't get to tap out of this pain and this struggle. So yes, a billboard means that much more to us. Patrice's story means that much more to us. And Vaughn, you did such an excellent job. Like I said, when I called you, it was so beautiful to see comics who can normally be very selfish about themselves, and and normally make it about them, not make it about them, but really just inform people why they loved Patrice so much. The conversations that I've had with Patrice, you know, the fact that he would sit in his car, <laughs> you know, outside of a comedy club, and just have these conversations. My sister still remembers the conversation we had at a festival that was like, you know, people I knew that were like higher level, but I knew they were coming up when I was coming up who were just doing better and didn't even stop to say hi. And Patrice was always, always the best. And he took time to hang out in my hotel room with, with Ben Bailey, my sister and, you know, break down why we as women and all that stuff. But it was just like, you know, Patrice was just that person who didn't, who never did that.
2: And that's, that's why I I said earlier, I'll circle back later, you know, when I, when I was saying it's definitely not gender specific, my experience with Patrice the entire time I was with him, um, he's a, a very generous person and always wanted to take the people around him with him when we started doing the patrice o'neill show coming soon the webs the web show that they didn't want any of us that was on the show they wanted patrice and patrice did on a very small scale of a tiffany haddish move and was like You ain't just they wasn't paying. He's like, just figure out a way to pay them, or you know, okay, I'm here, but we're gonna do skits based on you know, we're gonna brainstorm. Dante's here, Harris is here, Will is here, Brian Kennedy's here, Vaughn's here. The he was. Moving into a place and he used to talk about wanting to go behind the camera and create opportunities for people that he believes should be on. He was definitely going in that that realm. He would have his he would have aspired to be in in a very giving Tiffany Haddish way with the 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 same type of um, if you could imagine uh, all things comedy. Right with as Big Mama Productions and Patrice O'Neill presents like that. That was where he was going with the things that he wanted to do. And he, I mean, Harris opened for him for years. And when we would go shopping, he would be like, we got to get Harris, some new t-shirts he's opening for me. We got to get Harris some, shirts. <laughs> Harris, stop wearing the, same <laughs> Harris needs some shirts. I got to buy him shirts and some extra. That's who he was. And, you know, one of the moments in the documentary, you know, Jonathan Brandstein was his manager during elephant in a room. And he was very new to Patrice. And when he said one of the things that he said, I was so shocked, you know, Patrice was like, good job, Jonathan. And it's like, no, that's exactly who he was. Nobody who's known Patrice for a long time would be surprised by that. But Jonathan, you know, he was a new, new to him in management at the time. People are speaking in the documentary from certain periods of time. Right. Um, and Jonathan was relatively new to him and learning him, but the people who have known him for years, who has even been out to dinner with Patrice, he, he pays for everybody. It can be 50 people at the table having a good time. And he's like, you know, he, he was a very, very generous person, and just in our personal relationship, and when when we very first started getting together, and and he would notice my mood changes. And one time, he just went out. He was like, "I'm gonna be back. I'll be back," and just left me laying on a couch with my funky ass attitude. And he came back. I was like, "Where did you go?" And he had a chocolate cake. He was like, "I'm pretty sure you need this right now," <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Like, patrice was my period at before i had a period at well
0: i i also think that the documentary is so um good right now because of when we address or when we talk about cancel culture and comedians and what they can say and what they can't say and you know like this new generation coming up really doesn't understand i feel comedy and what Comedians do and and I understand the confusion because we had a lot of white men saying whatever they wanted to for so long, so there's there's a part of me that gets the anger, but then there's a part of me that knows they still don't understand what comp what comedians are, and I feel like there's no one that wouldn't watch that documentary, even a millennial or generation Z and not get not get it
2: the hardest thing to be. And the easiest thing to be at the same damn time is yourself. It's the easiest thing to be because God only created you. You're uniquely yourself. Nobody is you, right? There's no competition of your own competition. Nobody is you. And the great words of Jay-Z, if you made me make but make another me, right?
1: (laughs) Make another whole.
2: It's hard to be yourself for the exact same reason because living in the truth of who you are. And being that unique individual also makes you stand out in the crowd. Your point of view, your, your objective way of thinking, whatever it is, can make you an outcast and make you not fit in the crowd and make you get blacklisted from something or canceled. In my humble opinion, as a comic, and that is okay with living in my truth and who I am, because it's harder to not be me. I, it's, it's so hard to try to figure out how to be somebody else. I think that living in your truth, as scary as it may be as a comedian these days, if you're not doing it for shock value or just to do it, then, like Patrice would say, you can't fuck with the truth. So you could argue me down about how I feel about something, and I'm not restricting myself to growth. You could change my mind. We could have conversations. But where I stand in my point of view is based on my life, my experiences, and who I am as a person. And thank God I'm not who I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You know why? Because I was willing to be who I am as best as I can be. And and the choices that I made, the regrets, the, the good days, the bad days, all bring you to the exact moment you're in right now. So, again, in my humble opinion, I think comedians who are are OK with being who they are and they aren't just trying to shot people or do something for the sake of the laugh or sh- sake of the joke will be OK as they live through their truth and take the punches and the bullets that comes with it and the consequences. Because I think what people in society, never mind comedy. Politics, everybody. People are forgetting that freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of consequences. There's consequences to what comes out of your mouth, good and bad. Nobody wants to take the bad. Everybody wants to absorb all the good stuff. Nobody wants the bad. But when you accept that for yourself as a person, as a as a comic, as a man, as a woman, as a mother, or daughter, whoever you are in life, when you accept that and you go, Okay, this might be a rough ride, but here's my opinion on this. And I'm gonna throw a little jokey joke on top of it. You know, you you stand in that. You stand in that. And I think that standing in that will be okay through cancel call. I learned a lot from watching
0: do- the documentary. It reminded me of who I am as a comic. I don't know, Jenny, if it if it helped you in some way with your voice on stage. I
3: I think that seeing, I mean, I I knew Patrice and, but seeing the documentary and like, and seeing all the things that he said, um, it really made me, I I love everything that you just said, Vaughn, because I felt that watching the documentary and I did do a, an introspective and I was like, Oh, you know, I, I'm telling my truths. He told his truths and and he dealt with whatever consequences came with it, you know. And I and I think that that's what we need to do. And I think a lot of younger comics, and I mean younger in the business, not necessarily age, but um, are not telling their truths. They think they're trying to follow a pattern, you know, that they think somebody else made or so. Yeah, his
2: pattern. Yeah. They- <laughs> Yeah. I, and, and you know what? You can't you can't walk in those shoes. And, and if if you want to do yourself a favor as a comic, don't try to walk in those shoes. Walk in your own shoes. I mean, Patrice told me he was like Vaughn. You are not funny when you're trying to be funny. When you're oh, but you
0: are so funny when you're just walking towards me.
2: is like You're goofy. You're a thinker, but you you goofy. And by the time you get to where you're going. You you just be you. Don't try to do what you think is funny. Do what you are. Vaughn
0: walked towards me one day and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone whose walk told me so many stories. I mean, <laughs> it was like there was like there was like a there was I don't want to call it. It's not a wobble, but there was just so many things going on. There was like, what's in my purse? Did I have my mask? Did I leave something at home? Oh my God, am I on time? And I was like, it was the funniest approach to me that I've ever seen a friend. Like I was like that walk, if if, if I could
2: videotape it and play it back to you guys. And she wasn't trying to be funny. Okay, one people learn about me as they get to know me is I it's I'm I'm a horrible liar I I can't it's impossible for you to not know exactly what the hell is going on with me because I wear every emotion on my sleeve in every moment that whatever was going on that day is I'm a overthinker I'm fidgety I'm always doing something I, I'm think what it, every thought is right on my surface and I'm actually practicing toning myself down a little bit because I don't it, I don't know how And not be like, "What's going on?" (laughs) And it comes out in my walk, in my speech, and 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 all of that. And I and it's just like people have these these image. They think of me in a certain way. I'm I'm guessing when when Marina first starts saying the walk, people imagine this diva coming down the street, was switching like she's a catwalk. And I'm like, she said no. We really gotta get you know when Patrice Patrice had a misconception of me when we first met, it, the pretty girl syndrome thing. And then he eventually, as he got to know me, he described me as a pretty girl with an ugly girl's personality. <laughs> <laughs> He's Like you, what? Okay. <laughs>
1: That's, that's why he could rock with you yeah, for so long. Exactly. Probably. What were you gonna you say? At me? Gonna,
2: I just wanted ahead. to get that out. Oh no. Made me
1: laugh. I I was
2: I do have a goofy
1: walk. <laughs> I was I was gonna say that I love that that vi started no, Marina started saying something about it and then you you uh you tried knocking you tried taking control of it. <laughs> And then she went, and then Marina went back to. It was like, nah, nah. Ahead, <laughs>
0: no, it was just the <laughs> funniest thing I've ever seen. Because I, you know, I have a, I've, I've always had an eye for things that are physically funny, right? That's right. the thing. It doesn't always have to have words, but it has to be physically funny. And I, I have never seen someone with so many thoughts walking. I think she's looking around to
2: see who's walking behind her. Is she oh, on I'm time? I'm a paranoid girl so from the much. project. Funny. I am always looking over my. Yes. That's <laughs> the heights projects. Well, you can take the girl out the projects. You you, you can't take the project out the girl. I'm paranoid. I'm all. I don't drink and I don't smoke for a reason. Can you imagine me huh? I'm the worst. Hey. Oh no.
0: Um, but I will say I, I just want to reiterate, Vaughn. it was a great job. Thank and you. anyone who has problems with it, they have a problem. They want to make it about themselves. and this the the best part of this story, and I told you this, is that it's not about anybody but Patrice. That's what was so excellent about it. and anyone who anyone who had any problems with it, they they have a problem within themselves, or they just didn't see it.
2: Let me, let me speak to that a little bit and say a a couple of quick things. One, I, I can't obviously take full credit. There was a lot of moving parts and a lot of hands that, that made this happen over the years. So I, I definitely, you know, everybody that contributed to the film from myself and the director and Comedy Central, all things comedy, Bill, and everybody that was involved directly. And then the, all the comics, all the family members, people who contributed archival footage. You know, there's there's so many different moving parts to creating a film about someone's life. And the the most difficult part for me was trying to objectively put on so many different hats. There's so many moving pieces to it and the, the most difficult part for me was putting all the different hats and trying to see it from different points of views. And, you know, you have the executive producer hat. You have the uh, the OK, the the keeper of a legacy and making sure it's right. And then you have the emotional. This is my man of 10 years. And, you know, I'm talking to everybody else through their tears for the past 10 years. When do I talk myself through anything, you know, and and just trying to make sure not just my ego is out of it. Your ego is out of it. This person's ego is out of it. You know, the the network's ego is out of it. The production company's ego is out of it. Like the director's ego. There's so many different moving parts of creating a film. And at the end of the day, people have to understand. Nobody understands it more than me that Patrice is not a project. He's a man. He's someone that we love. And this has to be done right. However, it's a film which makes it a product, so it has to move and it has to narrate in a particular way it has and that's where you know the the director has a job to do in terms of making a the, look a lot of people didn't end up in a film. Dean unfortunately was one of them. none of it is personal. some people that Dean was interviewed in the first what you inter- do
0: Dean, you talk about yourself too much. <laughs> absolutely
2: and i was like cut dean right now I, dean is absurd. he's gonna cry the whole time dean i can't I, I i can't cry because dean crying like this is it's too much he's, but he's dean was interviewed in the first iteration of the film as was a lot of people and there were people that were not interviewed at all here's where co insert COVID into the process don't forget that impacted some things in a film as well. There were people that were going to be re-interviewed. Dean was on a list of people to be re-interviewed that was also on a list of people that hadn't been interviewed at all yet. So when COVID happened and then it's like, okay, we have to finish with what we had. It's it's a whole, it's so much to it. There's elements of Patrice's life that didn't make the film because it's a film. And if, if we're not telling... It's impossible to tell the story of an entire 41 year period unless we're doing what are we doing, a a 41 year series. So you have to make decisions. Right. Of what's going to fit into this film. And when I look at it and I say, what was the goal to humanize Patrice and have Patrice as best as we can tell his own story? was that accomplished? And when I see that that was accomplished and, and it's not like, okay, here's the film and this is it. No, there were drafts. There was a lot of note taking. There was a lot of processes to get to where we are. And the reason I was able to sign off on it, give it my blessing and say, this is, this is the final official Patrice O'Neill documentary that is going to seal his legacy and be out there for the world and for future generations to come. I looked at it and I said, those two things were accomplished. Let's go. They it, it's, it's been a long journey, but with all the noise and all the talking, all the thises and the that's, and it should have been this, it should have been that. Well, when you learn how to fly a plane, you let me know and I'll be a passenger on your plane. All right. I
0: plan? love it. You know what I on love? Yes, let's all skip finger snaps. You get off
2: the plane that landed on February 19th. Yeah. The pilot and the co-pilots and the ground support and just keep it moving. That's it. That's it. The absolute best. And I think the objective was met. Patrice's l- legacy is solidified. He's humanized in in the eyes of the public, and even in 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 the in the hearts and minds of his closest friends and family. And and I'm sorry if it didn't meet the expectations of everybody else flying their planes.
0: <laughs> but I think totally you, I think
2: you bring up such a good point. And then we're gonna we're gonna
0: move on to. I just want to talk about some other things real quick. But um, Because Dean has to go in like 15 minutes. But Dean
2: ain't got nothing to do. Dean ain't ready. Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Dean, you him. ain't ready. <laughs> but I do want to <laughs> say this. It's very adult what you've said. And I think in this time of COVID and everyone is losing people, you know, and I want to say this, you know, prayers to Erica Watson who we've also lost. That's why I'm just so emotional today because I've been in shock for the past 24 hours over the loss of my sister and who was such a great spirit, such a beautiful person, such a talented woman who gave so much and I wanted to see more. And, you know, I think that when we lose people, people are very emotional and we want we want things done a certain way. There's always fights at funerals. There's always fights within the family about how things are done. And I think you're speaking on such a big level right now to so many people who are losing family members that want things done a certain way and just can't have it done right now the way they want. And there's going to be like years and years of damage from in in rifts in family from all of this heartbreak. And I just say to everyone to listen to what Vaughn just said, because it's about just take a moment before you jump in with anger. Right. You know, like I saw some posts about what they would have done. And I'm like, if you could just stop yourself and just. Take a moment. Before you do that and. Before you speak, and that's just an adult thing to do, you know, like with Twitter and with social media. Everyone wants to get on there and right away they want to type with their emotions about what they what they think they ready should have been or what it was. The biggest lesson of this is to just take a moment. And um, so I just I want to go on to as we're talking about this, some joy, you know, coming up like Amber Ruffin's late night show on NBC reported by Tanja Renee. Uh, there have been a very few women hosts of late night shows, let alone women of color. However, last week it was confirmed that Amber Rufin's show, which currently airs on Peacock, will now have a 1.30 a.m. time slot on NBC. She says, having my own show is something I never thought possible. Rufin said in a statement to The Root, I loved watching Robin Thede, Wanda Sykes, and Whoopi Goldberg, and I can't wait to add another name to the list of black women in late night. And I hope people watch the Amber Ruffin show full stop but also I hope people watch and realize that late night comedy is an option for them. I hope people see themselves in this show and I want us to feel seen so bad. So congratulations to Amber Rufin. That joy is so important right now.
2: Isn't that great? Like that that's so exciting. She's wonderful. Like it's just that is so exciting. I'm congratulations to her absolutely. That is so so exciting! Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like giving. Did you, Dean? Did you say something? Yeah, Dean didn't put his headphones in. Uh, he's back, we lost Dean again. This is. I told y'all yeah. he ain't
0: ready. Look he ain't now, got he got nothing to call. do. Dean, unmute yourself. Look at your. You
2: look at the button.
3: No, but the, If he was muted, Nobody now he's muted.
2: Tiffany right now, and tell her everybody was ready except Dean. <laughs> He can hear us. Yeah, he
0: uh, I'm, I'm
3: Dean. Just, are you there?
0: I'm,
1: I'm here. Okay. Oh,
2: well
0: they my, di- oh, they died. They
1: died because I thought I was going to be on the new shiny ones. Oh, you? So no, funny. I was. I was saying it. You know, more than that, Amber. Amber is funny, um, and to me, she was when when. When uh, Seth Meyers' show, who, who used to be my office and and dressing room mate, when his show first started, the late night show, I think she was one of the um, one of the things that really helped p- propel the show forward. So what what I found interesting about that article in the Root was when I when I when I was reading it, and she said, "I never thought this would happen." In my mind, I was like, what do you mean you never thought it? But then as I read more of the article and she said, what, what she said as far as now little girls can look and, and see that this is a possibility, it clicked to me. And, and that's, you know, what people people um, don't understand is is why representation is so important, you know, which is which is why when when someone white uh, sees uh, an, an all black showcase, a showcase that happens to be all black. Um, with day ready um season two and tiffany proudly said in the trailer um i chose um black comedians because I'm black now she said it tongue in cheek jokingly, but there's there's something powerful about that because we don't see that often you know the fact that the first uh late night programming premiered near seventy something in the nineteen fifty um and, and now we're seventy years later and they've only there's been there's been uh Whoopi Goldberg, uh Monique, uh Robin Thede, Wanda Sykes, and now Amber. That that shows there's a problem. You know, the fact that that um with the exception of Arsenio Hall, you haven't you, and, and the only reason if you if you do if you if you know the history, Arsenio got the opportunity for his show because another woman, Joan Rivers, um had a show and then they took the show away and so they auditioned a bunch of different um comedians including Robert Townsend and Arsenio's was the one uh that popped and then he got a show but but it's is like he wound up getting a show and an opportunity because um Fox at the time um they did the woman that they had hired they, they weren't happy with for whatever reason. And so that, you know, and it was almost like, okay, well, well, uh, uh, white woman didn't work. Let's try a black guy. And, and it, it shows, we still have a long way to go a long, a long. And if I go can,
0: uh, yeah. Oh, well, I just want to add also, Oh, go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. I'll find this. Go ahead
2: just to call back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier in that with Tiffany, maybe that is also one of the reasons why it's standing out. The things that she's doing so much is standing out and standing out strong is not only um, she's choosing uh, black comedians, but also women. And if you think about like, like we all had the circle back in our minds and say, well, no, every comic that made it pulled, one of us in at some point, right? We all have those experiences. So what is Tiffany doing that's standing out so strongly? And I think it's not just she's pulling in Black comics, but she's also pulling in women. And she's also not just pulling in her immediate group of friends and, and crew. Not to say, I, I don't know who's her personal bestie she's on the phone with, but I don't know that her and Dean is on the phone every day chit-chatting. She's she's pulling in people people that she know are talented good comics regardless. You don't have to be in my immediate crew, you don't have to be my bestie, you know, it's this isn't you're you have to be on tour with me first. Maybe you are on tour with me, maybe you're not, but it seems like she's objectively pulling in people that she know is solid and she's given opportunity to people across the board as a, as opposed to you know the the experiences that a lot of us have had in the past where it's like oh you're in this immediate circle so one of us make it we all make it and that's hood shit. that's what we do one of us make it we all make it in our circle in our tiny little circles of a, a few besties or a few close friends where Tiffany has extended that out across the board
1: yeah, Aaron. Aaron Jackson. Um, just just to sh- share that, Aaron, um, told me that she and, and she told it publicly on my on my uh IG live show. Um, she said she'd never met Tiffany until Tiffany called her to Sweet say it, that wow. she was should say she was booked when there you when go. Tiffany when Tiffany called her. Um, she didn't believe it was Tiffany at first because it came so out of left field. So so that there you speaks go. to how special and amazing uh, the 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 last black unicorn really is.
0: So I think that's a good place for us to come to a close. I do want to say um, there is one more woman I do. I have to mention just because it's not comedy, but I, I do have to mention the Sunda Brown Duckett will be the next CEO of TIAA, making her one of two black women to lead Fortune 500 company. You know, that's a huge deal because we've never seen that. January brought big news to the business world as Starbucks CEO Roz Brewer was named the new CEO of the Walgreens Boots Alliance, making her the only black woman to currently helm a company in the Fortune 500. Less than a month later, it appears Brewer won't be alone. On Thursday morning, retirement provider investment company TIAA named the Sunda Brown Duckett as its incoming CEO. Notably, Duckett has spent her career trying to help black Americans and people of color achieve wealth creation and inclusion in the financial world. So on all fronts, we're doing the work. I think that's the thing that I want to leave our audience with in a positive way is that progress is being made. It may take some time, but progress is being made. Now, um, Dean tell us where our listeners can find you and give us a friends like us.
1: Oh, um, you can find me on all social media at I am Dean Edwards. I am Dean Edwards. Cause that's who I am. And, and you can, uh, you know, every Monday night, the Father Mucking protocol live on Instagram live to which Marina Franklin has been a guest. We had a, we had a blast and, uh, uh, actually had some amazing people and amazing women, uh, upcoming by the time this comes out you'll 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 see uh my sister Lunell, uh who, who you can catch in coming to america 2 is on and you see seen tiffany haddish and and, and uh, uh, uh uh geez I, I can't believe uh jackie fabulous and and gina yasseri so many amazing um female comics uh twinkie bird an amazing casting and director and uh yeah for the monkey protocol I, I am dean edwards check it out and with friends with friends like these um i need a lot of tissue because you know i get emotional around my good good close friends i'm allowed i'm allowed to to be a real man that's not afraid to show his, his emotions yes
0: thank you dean thank you
2: vaughn oh, let me let me hold on i gotta wipe Dean's tears real quick <laughs> 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 Thank you for having me Marina. Um you can find me on social media at Vondi Carlo. If you have a, any trouble spelling that, just go to funnyvon.com B-O-N, and get social media links to to everything that is me. Also, please do listen to my comedy mixtape, A Dragable Offense. Um I I have, you know, spent a lot of time focusing on everybody else in my life like we do as women right um this patrice's documentary aired on the 10-year anniversary of elephant in a room uh this is the 10-year anniversary of his death um, he i was with him 10 years and you know he's been gone 10 years so i i'm we breaking up now i think this is a good time for us to break up <laughs> uh, no just kidding uh but uh, I, I have been, you know, for the past 20 years, I've been focused on being a good woman to him, being a good mother to my daughter. So I'm going to take some time to really focus on me. Um, I, I feel like I have done my best in carving my own space out in this business while still taking care of, of him and and my daughter. But now, you know, it's, it's, it's time for me to really, really focus on me and you can help me do that by listening to my album and and you know supporting me when you could come see me live i don't want to tell you where i'm going to be soon because marina's going to be afraid for me to go but, <laughs> 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 but um in a couple of weeks uh what uh, march 12 and 13 i'm going to be in kansas city with Alisa Deek, and then next month in yeah. philly i'm going to be with christina hutchinson at helium the 29th, 30th, and you get
0: that vaccine
2: first. <laughs> I, I'm gonna uh, get out in into the world and continue to work on myself. Um, and with
0: friends like us?
2: I'm gonna give myself some full time attention. And with friends like us, who needs to salonge a bitch in the elevator? I'm about to be Beyonce, bitch. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> Hi, everybody.
3: Um, Unlike Vaughn, I'm not going to be anywhere. (laughs) I have nowhere to be um, because of the pandemic, but I did write a book. So if any angel investors out there want to help me with that, I wrote a book um, called Master First Dater, Second to None, because I never go on second dates. (laughs) Um, And I'm working on that right now. Uh, You can follow me on The Little Brown Girl Show on Instagram, The Little Brown Girl Show on Instagram uh, on Twitter I am hooray for boobies the number four and boobies and hooray with double O and I'm Facebook Jenny L Saldana Um, with friends like us that's time my turn to get emotional because I think with friends like us even when you go a long time without seeing each other, you still feel like you talked to each other yesterday. Oh, that was beautiful.
0: Well said. Thank you. Um, yeah. So thank you, Jenny. Um, uh, MarinaFranklin.com. And um, yeah, um, oh, virtual show March eighteenth, uh, featuring Suba a and Eric Bronstein. And with friends like us, uh, you can you can learn just how authentic we try to be right. yeah, yeah um, check, check us, us out, out.
1: To-
2: and now- you see how Marina's check us out was delayed so late. <laughs> I, I, was,
1: I was trying to go the same pace as her so she didn't yeah yeah yeah